It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Does Jarquez Hunter play on Saturday? And if he does, does it really make a difference? Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining us as he does every Friday during the season, we are dapping it up with Daryl Daprich, Montgomery Radio veteran. We are one day away as the Auburn Tigers take on Cal and a little SEC, ACC after dark action and Daryl there's a lot of smoke now around Jarquez Hunter potentially making his 2023 Auburn debut against the Cal Golden Bears which I think would be exciting multiple sources have told us he's traveled with the team but I'm not sold it really changes the equation of like what Cal is going to do to try to stop Auburn on Saturday no, I don't think it'll change the equation at all. <clears throat> I think it just makes Auburn more dangerous, more deep, <clears throat> gives them another weapon that I think is the best weapon in the running back room. Remember, as good as Alston and Cobb and, and Batty looked against UMass, I still think you need an elite running back to go where you need to go if you're Auburn, and Hunter is just that. So if you play Cal on the road, little Pac-12 after dark, I think Hunter is, is an absolute – essential weapon if you want to get some separation in that game. I just think even if uh, if, they, if they do some things differently, Hunter is seasoned enough to get his yards despite what kind of front, slant, stunts Cal may throw at you. Because Wilcox, Justin Wilcox, their coach, is a defensive guy. He's a defensive head coach, was a really good defensive mind. So I think that matters. Yeah. Now, to, to just to clarify, there is nothing official, and we know there's nothing official, that says Hunter is going to play Saturday night. But I will just say some of the same sources and some of the same chatter and buzz we heard last week from the, some of the same people that said he wasn't going to play against UMass, That those same sources, that same information, that same buzz says that he is on that plane and that he is going to play Saturday. It remains to be seen if he does. And we don't know yeah. for sure unless he takes the field, just like last week we didn't know for sure until he didn't take the field. I'm just saying that reading the tea leaves and all indications from people that you know and that I know and sources are saying that he is. So it remains to be seen. I wanted to clarify that. But right now it appears that Jarquez, Jarquez Hunter will get some carries Saturday. Yeah, which would obviously be very, very exciting. And I do think it'll add a little pop. But I also don't think Auburn's offensive game plan changes that much if he's in or not, because I think this coaching staff thinks that much of Damari Austin. And look, I mean, we saw some earliest, um, early kind of rise of Jeremiah Cobb based on how he played in week one. And I think Brian Batty's role remains the same. I think he's going to be your change of pace back and he's going to return kickoffs. And both of those things can be electric when you have the skill set that he does. And look, I've seen several Auburn people talk about, oh, well, you know, Cal's not game planning for Jarquez Hunter. Or maybe Cal's still spending extra time game planning for Jarquez Hunter, and it could help Auburn either way. And I can't imagine, Daryl, 
And you tell me if I'm wrong here. And this is not taking anything away from Jarquez Hunter. I think Jarquez Hunter is very good. I think he's a better running back today than Damari Austin is. But I don't think they are that different style of runners. Like if you're a if you're a linebacker or you're a defensive coordinator and you're trying to stop either Jarquez Hunter or Damari Austin, I don't think what you're doing is drastically different based on who's in at running back. Am I off on that? No, I think you're right. I think there's a, too much overthinking this. And we I can agree. just oversimplify this and say you, Cal is preparing for Auburn's running attack, period. Not a particular running back, but Auburn's running attack because they're preparing against a style and a scheme. And Hunter, you can insert whoever you want to insert, fill in the blank. Hunter, Austin, Cobb, Batty. It's the style, the schemes, the formation that Auburn's going to run at you. They're also having to prepare for a quarterback that can run in Robbie Ashford in certain packages. So the fact that they're just preparing for a dynamic, diverse running game. Yeah. And names and the participants and the actors don't matter who it is. Now, for Auburn, our, Auburn's impact on that or the way Auburn thinks about it is just quite simply you get your best running back back. And one of your best offensive players. I mean, that's it. That's the simplification of it is let's not overthink it. True, Cal's not preparing for completely different game plan because Hunter plays. Right. Auburn is better and deeper when they get their best offensive player, in my opinion, right now back. Just like they're going to be better and deeper getting Pritchett and McLeod back. So that's just the simplification of it. Sure. Auburn's better with Hunter. But Cal's not going to prepare any differently because they're preparing against the running attack and the names and the faces really are interchangeable. I'm with you. I think 27 and 22 both pose large threats, and I think those threats are similar. Um, I think when Bad T comes in, it changes. I think when Cobb comes in, it changes a little bit. But we'll see. We'll certainly see if Hunter plays on Saturday or not. Regardless... I think it's important for Auburn to have multiple players run the ball at the efficiency they did a week ago. I mean, several players eclipsed that 30-yard mark a week ago. How many guys do you think realistically run for 30 or 40 yards or more, Daryl, on Saturday? I think Damari Austin does. I think Brian Batty does. Uh, depending on how many touches Jeremiah Cobb gets, I, I think he will. Robbie Ashford probably will as well, assuming he gets enough touches. And I just think over the course of a game, that's going to put Auburn in a situation with these shortened clock rules. Uh, I think the longer you can keep your offense on the field, obviously it's always been the case, but I do think it matters a little bit more. If Auburn can have these longer drives, we've talked about Cal aiming to have these longer drives against Auburn's defense, but that's a two-way street. And I think Auburn's rushing attack may be better than Cal's. And I think Cal's defense is going to be worse than Auburn's, Daryl. So I think the game plans for both teams are going to be similar. And so I just think you're going to see several guys for Auburn toting the rock, regardless of if Jarquez Hunter is there or not. The game plan to me, is just I, I don't think it changes things that much. Yeah, I think four or five guys can get over 30 yards because you got to throw you, you get to throw Robbie Ashford in there. Right. I think what's interesting is when you talk about Auburn's running attack being better than Cal's, I think it's because it's so much deeper. I mean, Cal puts all their eggs in the Jaden Ott basket. Great running back. Freshman Pac-12 all-freshman team last year. Went for 190 against North Texas. You might have been able to go for 190 against North Texas, though. So I don't know. You know, I don't know how much we can 
we can gain from that. But I will say this. All, what Cal is going to do defensively does change and does matter from a schematic standpoint when Robbie Ashford's in the game. And let me clarify. When Peyton Thorne's handing the ball off, even though we saw him have some successful runs, you would think that Cal's defensive front's going to overplay the running backs. They're not really concerned that much with Peyton Thorne keeping it or think he is. When Robbie Ashford comes in, if they start overplaying the – if Hunter's in or if, you know – Austin's running the ball, and they sell out on the RPO to overplay and to tackle the running back, Robbie Ashford will go for 80. I mean, just, uh, uh, you know, you, you can't prepare for that. It's different schematically to defend yeah. them. So that's one thing. That's why Auburn's running game is so much more dangerous than Cal's. Now, if Cal gets Sam Jackson back, their quarterback, who is a transfer that's the more dynamic runner, but not as good passer, then Auburn has to prepare for the RPO game a little bit more. But at the end of the day, after ought, I think Cal's running back room drops off significantly. I really well, like the backup guy, too, who had three – I think he had three touchdowns against North Texas. Yeah, I, I just don't know if he's at the level of an Austin Cobb and Batty as far as – you know, Cobb doesn't have the experience. Those other guys do. And so um, mm -hmm. I think that that's going to – and then, listen, Robbie Ashford is the X factor. I know people don't want to call him a running back, and I won't. He's a running QB that can also throw the ball. But sure. he is another dynamic running piece in your backfield that just gives you more depth that's a weapon. And, and I don't think Cal has that, and that's why I think they can wear that defense down. And the other point is if Cal sells out and puts 9 or 10 in the box and says, I don't want Robbie Ashford beating me in certain packages and I don't want these running backs beating me, Peyton Thorne will go for 300. Yeah, he'll throw I, the ball downfield and have a huge game. I think uh, I think he will go for 300 because – and I don't think they're going to sell out like nine or ten in the box, but I do think you'll see consistently have eight guys in the box, and I think Auburn's going to have to um, – because if I was Cal, I would try to stop Auburn's run and say, hey, Peyton, can you beat me? And, and I think he, the answer to that – I think the answer to that will be yes. All right, let's discuss what some potential rotations could possibly look like on Saturday. What's going to be different from week one to week two? We discuss in just a moment right here on Locked On Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Nutrafol. Nutrafol, uh, look, you don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health. Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair. There's no drugs, no compromises, just better hair. Men think losing their hair is inevitable, but you can take control of your hair's future with Nutrafol's science-backed hair growth supplement for men. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and use the promo code Locked On College, all one word, Locked On College. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash men, and use that promo code Locked On College. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at Eddie's Cal Zone. They're located at 130 on North College Street in downtown Auburn. They're across from the new Target, and there's nothing like Eddie's. They've got specialty Cal Zones. Extra crispy wings, sides like loaded curly fries and tots. They've all they've got all kinds of things, including the coldest beer in town. 
And look, Eddie's delivers till 4 a.m. in the morning, which is awesome because Auburn, <laughs> Saturday night, they don't play till like close to midnight. No, seriously, that game's going to be over, what, 1 or 2 in the morning? And everybody's going to be closed except for Eddie's. And they deliver, whether it's to your tailgate, which probably isn't applicable this weekend, but hotel room, dorm, apartment, residence, whatever it is, Eddie's delivers to you. So I want to encourage you to check out our friends at Eddie's on the web, Eddie's Calzones, Auburn.com, or you can call them 334-329-5111 and keep up with their specials on Instagram. Eddie's Calzones, wings and beer, open and delivering till 4 a.m. Daryl Daprich, our guest, talking about this Auburn-Cal matchup. You and I were chit-chatting before we clicked record. The depth chart that they put out this week, the same exact one as they did the first week, but it was a little interesting because they listed Jarquez Hunter as a starter. And, of course, Jarquez Hunter did not play, and it really kind of sounded like a lot of the smoke came after that first depth chart was released. So, interesting they kept him on there. And then the other thing that we thought was a little interesting is Jair Shorter or Amari Kelly for the receiver opposite Shane Hooks. And we were looking at the snap counts, Daryl. Last week, last week we saw, oh my goodness, I lost it. Jair Shorter, Jair Shorter played 18 snaps. Amari Kelly played 23 snaps. So pretty close, pretty close. I'm interested in seeing what the receiver rotation is and how different it is from a week ago. Um, the the whole uh, Jair Shorter situation and the, the the Amari Kelly, I think it's interesting because I didn't see Shorter play a lot of snaps where I thought he would. I thought he was going to get a lot more action in the second half. Yeah. I thought he'd get a lot more targets, and he didn't. So the fact that he didn't and is still listed as the, you know, the or on the depth chart is very interesting to me. I want to see him emerge. I want to see what he can do you know, that big receiver body type thing. So I was fully expecting, and maybe this depth chart is just a way to bait and switch or to create some confusion, but I was fully expecting to see him, you know, second on the depth chart or even third on the depth chart. And the fact that he's still listed as a co-starter was very surprising to me. Yeah, I um, I also think there's a real chance that he legitimately doesn't care about the depth chart. But if you have a player that's suspended and you don't, like it, I don't know if you still have him as a starter. Like it's just a weird thing to not care about. And look, it's not Hugh Freeze doing this; it's the SIDs, whatever. And but they're not pulling out of nothing. And I think an SID would care more about having a player's name who's supposedly suspended on a depth chart than than anyone else. So that's where it's a little odd to me. That's where I do think it's okay to draw some meaning. And there's there's a chance I'm just totally missing this, but. Just have after some conversations that we've had with folks throughout the afternoon as we record this Thursday afternoon, Daryl. I, I just it feels odd to me. It just doesn't it doesn't really make sense. So I, I'm expecting that. I do wonder what the balance on the defensive front will be because I think you're going to see more fronts for one, and I think you're going to see more types of alignment because you're going to want this Cal offensive line to think and have to make decisions. I wouldn't be shocked if you see multiple jacks to help with containment, have that athleticism and size on the field a little bit more, especially if um, if Jalen McLeod is able to come back and play against Cal on Saturday. So the defensive line rotation combined with the jacks, I mean, that could be what wins or loses this football game. Yeah, I think that, that that's a really good point as far as Auburn having to prepare 
for a running back and specifically a running back attack in Ott that they did. I don't think they felt like they needed to do against UMass. I think Auburn's defensive game plan against UMass was more about containing Pumachon going into that game than being worried about any particular running back. That flips when you go out to Berkeley. And Auburn, I think, obviously knows about Jaden Ott, knows what he can do, and is going to de- you know, design a game plan to limit him. But at the end of the day, here's the thing. When you talk about the edge rushers and being able to set the edge, we talked about that over and over, and it was a problem against UMass, people bouncing outside. I hope that helps getting McLeod and Pritchett back the way he tackles. But at the end of the day, Cal could have Ott go for 200. I don't think he will, but he could have that big of a game. And if he's really the only offensive you know, output or offensive production and their quarterback only throws for 150, if you hold Cal around 350 yards total offense, I think Auburn's going to be upwards over 400. And you get a couple of turnovers, a couple of sacks, then who cares if Ott goes for 200? You've made them one-dimensional, and you don't let Sam Jackson beat you. Auburn has that ability and that option, in my opinion, to turn to Peyton Thorne if the running game was going to sputter. I don't think it will. I think Auburn gashes Cal, and that's why I think they go for 450 in total offense. I think it depends what the 200 yards looks like. I think if he gets six yards after seven-yard carry, after six-yard carry, and Cal has the ball, for like whole quarters at a time with these new clock rules, I think they can win if he gets 200 yards. doesn't matter what the quarterback does. If they just keep the ball the whole time, I think that'd be huge. Now, if he gets a few 50-yard carries or something like that, or if he busts one for a 70-yard touchdown in the first quarter, then that's kind of, you know, the main bulk of, of his offensive production. I do think, I do think that's the case, but I don't know if, and I'm kind of being a little bit of a hypocrite here because I do think Auburn's gonna I do think Auburn's gonna cover one, and I also think the over is gonna hit the 54 and a half. But I wouldn't be shocked, Daryl, if both teams are going into it with their game plan to have these methodical drives that eat up clock that keeps their defense rested on the sideline. I, I just I think they both know that they should be able to run the football. Both offenses should be able to run the football on Saturday. And uh, speaking of of Cal, I, I just got a message from my Cal contact. He said, officially they are listing quarterback Sam Jackson the fifth as day-to-day, but said during the news conference on Wednesday that he is expecting to play. And then he added the note that he thinks he will play. No word yet on the status of starting center Matthew Sendrick. Otherwise, they are pretty healthy outside of that. So nothing crazy, but I, I do think, like he said, I, I think their, their starting quarterback will play. The center, I thought there was two guys along the offensive line that were doubtful, their center and another offensive lineman. So that's interesting that he's not being listed. I mean, I, I get what you're saying about the both teams being able to run, and I think that's the game plan. That's why I think the overall offensive advantage goes to Auburn because if they have to pivot and throw it, I'm more comfortable with Peyton Thorne, who's a this is his third year starting in big boy football and yeah. playing in some really dynamic road stadiums. I'm I'm very comfortable with him having to win the game. If, if they say, okay, they're stop. I, first of all, I see no, and I could be 100% wrong, but I see no possible scenario where Cal stops Auburn's running game, including Robbie Ashford. I think Auburn goes for at least 200 on the ground Saturday, maybe more. If somehow they do start to gain momentum and start limiting Auburn's running attack, though, I think Auburn can, can pivot in Peyton Thorne with Fairweather and Hooks and some of those guys downfield field and fair can make them pay. 
And that's where I think Auburn will be more balanced. And even if Ott goes for 200 in their long sustained drives, I think at the end of the day, I don't think Cal offensively and scoreboard wise is going to be able to keep up with Auburn. Yeah. Uh, Auburn is going to have to, you know, are they going to have to outscore somebody in a shootout? I guess, but I think Auburn's defense is just enough from a marginal standpoint better than Cal's to keep it from getting into the way shootout range. Mm-hmm. And then Auburn, again, running the ball and having that throwing option. And I think Auburn's special teams, which I really liked last week, are going to play a big part as well, setting up with field position and that kind of thing. Yeah, there's a few matchups where I just look at it. And it's like, man, this screams advantage Auburn. We'll discuss that in just a moment right here on Locked On Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Auburn Med Aesthetic. Guys, we've been there as the day before, even the day of an anniversary or a birthday or you know some reason that you need a gift because you're celebrating your significant other. Well, here's the solution. You can go to auburnmedesthetics.com. You can get a gift card for their Botox, facials, laser treatments, whatever it is from Auburn Metastetics. It's going to help your wife or girlfriend or fiance, significant other, feel absolutely incredible. They will love meeting with Dr. Nancy Herring. She is the best. Getting to know her throughout this experience has been awesome. She also has a master esthetician over there, Searcy Kelly. They've got 15 years of experience in the med spa industry. So head over and um, you can either buy the gift card in person or, of course, you can um, you can go to auburnmedesthetic.com. Uh, but if you want to stop in there on East Glen Avenue across from Chappie's. Remember, Auburn Med Aesthetics is the perfect place for last-minute gift cards. Guys, we promise you, she will love it. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Game Time is the best place to buy tickets. It's the cheapest place to buy tickets. It's the easiest place to buy tickets. I think that's all you really need to hear. It's a free app. Search Game Time on your phone's app store, and you can uh, you can browse all sorts of events outside of sports as well, the theater or any kind of uh, any kind of uh, art um, concerts, whatever it may be. Game Time has you covered, and the coolest thing of the app, other than it's just price lower there than anywhere else, is when you look at the tickets, it shows you the vantage point of the venue. So you can say, oh, you know what? This is more in the corner than I usually like to be. I'm going to go one section over or you know, vice versa, whatever that may be. You can see what it's actually going to look like from receipts. Very cool. So download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE on one word for $20 off. Daryl Daprich, our guest today. Let's get into the nitty-gritty predictions. I think we're both pro Auburn here, but I just think you win and lose games in the trenches. I like Auburn's offensive line against the defensive line. I like Auburn's defensive line versus Cal's offensive line. And then the other most important thing, obviously, is quarterback. And I trust Auburn's quarterback situation better than Cal's. And I just think anytime you look at those mismatches, and I think it's pretty universally agreed upon that Peyton Thorne is better than anything Cal can run out at quarterback as well as Auburn's offensive line versus Cal's defensive line. That's just, that screams mismatch, and it screams opportunity. And I think more people uh, nationally should be picking Auburn over Cal. Yeah, there's some variables that also that typically when you go on the road that I don't, I don't mean this disrespectful, but I'm just spitting facts. Number one, Cal's not Death Valley or the Swamp. Yeah. or Bryant-Denny. It's a 60,000-seat stadium. I know that they're really excited and they have a gold out, but that normal 
on the road, intimidating, noise factor. There will probably be 10,000 Auburn fans there. So the weather should be nice. There's not Auburn's not going to get fatigued. Why do I say all that? Because when you talk about the trenches, you talk about all the different line combinations, offensive line combinations that Hugh Freeze used last week. Why did he do that? So that he could go extremely fast and be prepared to go fast. Cal's not going to be able to go as fast as Auburn is. So I would see different – I can see a scenario where there's different offensive line combinations, thereby letting Auburn go really, really fast. And when you go really fast, you can get gash plays. That's why I think Auburn at the end wears down Cal, pulls away late. I see this game at the start of the fourth quarter being a one-possession game. I don't think it's going to be decided. Um, I think at 1 o'clock in the morning I'll be a little bit nervous watching this game. And uh, a little bit amped up, I can guarantee you that. So I see like a 41-27 game where Auburn's probably up 34-27 midway through the fourth quarter, and then they score a big touchdown to pull away. And, you know, defensively a couple sacks, maybe a turnover here kind of ices it away late. But that's what I see, and I think it's because Auburn is going to go faster than Mm -hmm. they did last Saturday, and they held some stuff out from last Saturday that they'll, they'll have ready for Cal. Look for fair weather, I think, to yeah, finally get into the offensive game plan, especially in the red zone. I think I think that'd be huge. I think that would absolutely be huge. Yeah, one place I said 38 to 28. Then I think there's another place where I said 38 to 24. So I'm thinking Auburn mid-30s, mid to upper 30s, and Cal mid to upper 20s. And I just think over the course of the game, it's going to be back and forth, and I think Auburn's defense figures it out, and I think Cal's defense may just break is, is kind of where I'm coming from. It sounds like you're very similar on that. I think Cal probably thinks, if they're being honest with themselves, that they're going to have to get into the 40s to have a chance to beat Auburn. That's, that's my feeling is that they know Auburn's going to put some points on the board, sure. and they're going to have to get into the upper 30s, lower, lower 40s to have a chance. I don't think that's going to happen. I do think they get in the upper 20s. Yeah. And I think it's close, like I said, in the fourth quarter when the fourth quarter starts. And mm-hmm. we'll see if Auburn can pull away. I suspect they will. Really looking forward to seeing any kind of variations or you know evolutions of the passing game as well. Because as we know, there were some open plays to be had on the field that Thorne missed with maybe some miscommunications with the tight end or receivers that if they're there again, Saturday they should take advantage of. Yeah, and, and once again, I, I'm not expect I'm not expecting Cal to be able to beat Auburn through the air. I'm just not. And I think over the course of a game, over a course of 60 minutes against a good team, a team with good defensive backs, I just think there's going to be mistakes made. And I think a Keontae Scott or a DJ James or somebody is going to be able to capitalize on a ball that's maybe a little forced because they feel like they've got to keep up with the scoring. And when you feel pressed as a quarterback, you make decisions that aren't always the best for you or your team. And, and I think over the course of 60 minutes, Daryl, that's what's going to I'll say this real quick, too. I went back and looked at odds per game stats last year. And against defenses like USC, Oregon State, Washington, Oregon, you know, mid defenses that I think Auburn's defenses are better, but still – he only yeah. got 35, 40 yards a game. He he really did his damage last year against lower level Pac-12 teams and out of conference teams. So you got to think that Auburn has a defense comparable to Oregon's, Washington's, USC's, you know, Oregon State's that kind of thing. And so if Auburn has a chance to hold him under 75 yards, that score is going to completely change, and it's going to be a yeah. long day for Cal. 
Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Daryl, how can people check out everything you've got going on, buddy? Follow me on Twitter, DAP6410. Love to interact on the Discord. And then Monday mornings and Tuesday afternoons, I'm on the Auburn Network on various shows as a guest. Yeah, check out all of our written coverage, auburndaily.com. And, of course, Daryl and I will be hanging out with you early Sunday morning. Also, we've launched a new thing. It's called uh, the Locked On Auburn Insider Group. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below to join that. You can text with me directly and get texts and in, uh, updates and scoop that I that I send out all uh, all directly to your phone as well. Be sure to check that out. Until next time, we'll see you Sunday morning. This has been Locked On Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.